0: Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. For now, we hope you enjoy this message. Thanks for tuning in today. I want you to open your Bibles to Matthew, the 28th chapter. And we'll begin there this morning reading this exciting account of the resurrection of our Lord. Can you imagine what it must have been like? And, you know, like you know, when we read things, maybe we look down on the disciples because they literally freaked out, you know, when Jesus died because they really, really believed that he was going to overthrow the Roman government and, and establish a natural kingdom. And uh, they didn't understand the spiritual side of life, the significance of his death and resurrection. So when they saw him die, the Bible says in Isaiah, the fourteen, Isaiah, the 54th chapter, verse 14, it says that his visage was so... Deformed, that he did not even look like a man. I mean, they. I mean, the devil just took, uh, uh, attacked him. I mean, they whipped him. They, they opened up his flesh. They beat his face in. I mean, he looked like a, a mess. And um, and uh, so, in the natural, there's no way that this guy, you know, there's no way, you know, that he could come back to life. And they didn't realize that um, he was the resurrection and the life even before he died. But I'm so grateful for the for the. Um, you know, for the price he paid. But so uh, it must've been an exciting event. I got to remember when he died, the disciples were gone. They thought we're next. And so they wouldn't hid themselves. The only courageous ones around him were the women. Mind you. Yeah, there you go. That is a good place for the women to clap. Thank you for the three of you. Anyway, and so, and so, uh, uh, the next morning, of course, said that Mary, Oh well, let's read. Let's go ahead. In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, Mary, Magdalene and the other Mary, uh, went to see the sepulcher. And they, they were going to bring some, you know, some perfumes and stuff and, and, uh, and uh, give honor to the body of Jesus that was laying in, in, in a, a, a stone tomb. And behold, there was a great uh, earthquake for the angel of the Lord ascended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and he sat upon it. And his countenance was like lightning, and his raiment was white as snow. And for fear of the keepers, fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not, for I know that you seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And come and see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goes before you into Galilee, and there you'll see him. And lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy, and did run to bring his disciples news. Amen. I tell you, those three words, he is risen, echoed through the corridors corridors of both heaven and hell, um, uh, as all creation witnessed the resurrection power of uh, God himself, Listen, giving all creation hope, a promised hope of an eternal future. And um, this really is true. It it, it confirms this in the book of Romans, the 8th chapter, if you'd like to read. I think it starts in verse 18 and goes down through verse 22. That all creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. All creation feels the pangs of sin. That's why you see all the things that are going on in the earth today. The, the earth is convulsing. It wants to shake off the sin. It never was created to carry this sin. And when God, when Jesus returns, he's going to fix this earth. Hallelujah. And uh, uh, where there'll be, uh, there'll be no more sin. And I'm looking forward to that day. How about you? Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, the passion Bible says he has risen victoriously and that really is the hope of the believer today isn't that a nursing worthy i don't even like to call Christianity a religion because it isn't a religion more than it is a relation, personal relationship with Jesus Christ our Lord. Uh, but it is the only religion where there's an empty grave. We can't go and, uh, and honor the dead. We, we praise the living. Hallelujah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And his name is Jesus. There were two significant Adams in the scripture. I'm talking about significant, and they respect that. There was the first Adam that we know of that we know that God uh, made out of the dust of the ground in Genesis. Uh, two, And then the Bible says he breathed into Adam's nostrils the breath of life, or the nature of God, the spirit, nature of God, With Adam and Adam became alive. See when OK, I 'll come in on this in a moment. And, uh, and then we know that Adam transgressed God 's word. What does that mean? transgress God 's word? He, stepped, he, willfully, he willfully disobeyed God by stepping beyond the boundaries of God 's word that he had established, and, and the Bible calls that sin. And um, it's so interesting how we try our best to live life outside the boundaries of God's word and it never worked and it didn't work for Adam and it didn't work for anybody in the Old Testament and it didn't work for anybody in the New Testament. How many want to live your life within the boundaries of God's word so that your life is blessed? We all do. I mean, that is our desire. That is our passion to, to do that so that we can be Christ-like to those that need Jesus. The second Adam, of course, was Jesus himself. The first Adam um, lost God's promise of uh, of eternal life uh, through his uh, disobedience. The last uh, in the Garden of Eden and the last Adam, Jesus, restored eternal life to humanity in the Garden of Gethsemane. And we are so grateful that he did that, that he paid the price for us. Hallelujah. And um, uh, Romans 6.23 says this. It says, the wages of sin is death. And that does... uh, that. Let me try to explain it this way. We always think a death is natural. But the only reason that there is natural death, because natural death is the offspring of spiritual death. Spiritual death is simply being severed from a personal relationship with Christ. And today... Maybe there are some of you here today that you know in your heart that you may know God up here, but you don't know him in here on the inside. That's called spiritual separation, and that's why Jesus came. He came to fix that so that we could be reunited to God on the inside. Uh, oh, I could teach it all morning. Uh, you are a spirit being. Uh, you're, uh, on the inside. When you die, you literally take, it's like taking off your coat. You exit this body and you enter into your new body that Jesus wrought for you on the cross. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. Without pain, without weakness, without uh, transgression, you know, it, it's going to be glorious to receive that, that part uh, uh, it's called, that's called the fullness of our redemption. We don't have our full redemption until we get to heaven. And that's when we'll receive a completely, uh, having, having received our glorified bodies uh, uh, in Christ. I cannot wait for that day. So when Adam sinned, instead of enforcing the law of sin and death, God enforced a greater law called the law of love. You'll find that in James, the second chapter, verse eight. And in doing so, he provided for us, A lamb, and that lamb was his son, the second person of the Godhead. Revelation 13 says, "The Lamb of God slain from the foundation of the world." Amen. And that's where we that's where we discover something called the Great Exchange. Now we learned this at Raymond when we went in 1980. What the Old Testament concealed, the New Testament revealed. In other words, all 39 books of the Old Testament are filled with typology of God's salvation plan, okay? In fact, he required his people in the Old Testament to fulfill, we don't live in the Old Testament, we live in the New Testament. Thank God we don't have to bring a lamb to the altar here today to cut its throat and watch the blood flow out of it, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, symbolizing a life for a life. We don't have to do that. Jesus is was and still is the Lamb of God, slain from the foundations of the world. Can I have an amen? So I'm very grateful for that. But in the Old Testament, there were certain rules and regulations which were types and shadows of both Christ's death and resurrection. And one of those types was a ceremony that the high priest did annually, which we'll look at this morning. A ceremony that involved two goats. Amen. Chosen by lots... And both for a divine purpose. One one goat was to die for the sins of God's people. The other goat was chosen to carry their sins away into the wilderness, which we'll see in the scriptures here. So in Leviticus 16 verse 18 says, Aaron will come out to purify the altar that stands before the Lord. He will do this by taking some of the blood from the bull and the goat, Putting it on each of the horns of the altar. Why blood? Because the blood was and still is the evidence or proof that an exchange had taken place. I say this all the time, but I believe with all my heart because it's in the scripture that the blood of Jesus. This is found in the Gospels, by the way, and in the book of Hebrews, the 8th and ninth, and 10th chapters, if you want to read it and confirm it. I don't teach something that's outside the boundaries of God's word, okay? But what happened uh, was that uh, Jesus, when he rose from the dead, he literally, when he rose from the dead, uh, at one point, he told, the, he told the women, don't touch me. Why? Because I have not yet ascended to the Father to bring the blood, my blood, and place it upon the altar in heaven. So there's a mercy seat in heaven, an eternal mercy seat in heaven. Now listen, this is so important for you because you don't understand that you'll never go before God because you'll always feel inadequate. But uh, there's a mercy seat in heaven, and on that mercy seat is the blood of Jesus. Jesus' blood, does not it was not natural blood, that coagulates you know, and turns you know, into death. His blood was eternal. It was spiritual. And he took his blood and he placed it upon the altar so that it would be forever, 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 throughout eternity, a reminder of the price that Jesus paid to get us to heaven. Come on, give him a good shot of praise. Amen. So because of that truth, we come before God with worship and praise and thanksgiving, not because of we just did everything right, because most of the time we don't do everything right. Oh, maybe that's just me. And so, therefore, the only way we can approach God is with a pure conscience of a revelation inside that he paid the price for us to come. Hebrews 4, verse um, 16 says, come boldly to the throne of grace, where you may obtain mercy and find grace. Hallelujah. The Amplify says that you'll find grace at the appropriate time, just when you need it. Hallelujah. Isn't that beautiful? That's the hope we have in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's... Uh, Uh, So the blood was the proof that an exchange had taken place. Uh, Leviticus um, uh, 17 says this, For the life of the flesh is in the blood. And God said, I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls, for it is the blood that makes an atonement for your soul. Now the word atone means to cover. It means to placate or appease, cancel, cleanse, disenow, forgive, be merciful, pardon, and purge away. Oh, is that beautiful or what? That's what the blood of Jesus uh, did for us, amen, on the cross. Hebrews 9.22 says this, without the shedding of blood, and he's referring now to the spiritual side of life. Honestly, I'd just like to ask this. Honestly, how many here could, with lifted hands, say, I, if I don't understand this, I always feel inadequate when I go before God. Raise your hand. You feel, good, there were three of you. I always feel inadequate when I go before God. I always do. So I go before him in Christ. Amen. The Bible says in uh, 1 Corinthians 1 verse 30, it says, Jesus has made unto us, listen, he's made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. So that's how I come before God. Amen. I don't come before God because I performed well that day, did everything right, you know, didn't transgress, therefore he, he's going to receive me. No, I, go, I come before God because Jesus is my wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Isn't that beautiful? Oh, So this will help you understand. Why? Because if you don't understand this, you'll never go before God because you'll always feel inadequate. Amen. Under the old covenant, the blood of bulls and goats covered Israel's sins. Under the new covenant, the blood of Christ cleanses us from all sin. Leviticus 16. When Aaron had finished uh, purifying the most holy place and the tabernacle and the altar, he must present the live goat he will lay both of his hands on the goat's head and, co- and confess over it all the wickedness, rebellion, and sins of the people of Israel. In this way, he will transfer the people's sins to the head of the goat. Question, if he transfers all the sins of Israel on the head of the goat, are there any more sins? At that point, none. None. That brought the favor of God into their lives, the presence of God into their lives, the provision of God, and the protection of God over their lives. Is that awesome? Because there's no more sin. It's been transferred to the head of the goat. See, Jesus was the, is the head of the church. Amen. Before he became the head, God transferred all the sins of humanity upon him on the cross. That's why he cried out. See, he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He cried that out because in that moment, he was separated from God in the spirit. Jesus was the first man to be born again. He's called the firstborn of the brethren. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I just praise God for the good news. Let's go on. So the Bible says, then, then a man, uh, specially chosen for the task, will drive the goat into the wilderness and the goat go at." As the goat goes into the wilderness, it will carry all the people's sins upon itself into a desolate land. Again, this is a typology of what God did for us when He laid all the sins of humanity on Jesus. Let me tell you something: Man will never go to hell, or will never. Um, man will never uh, go to hell because of sin, because sin has already been dealt with. Amen. The only way we can't go to heaven is if, if we reject the one who provided heaven for us and that's Jesus. Amen. I'm so grateful that I met this woman when she was 16 years old. She was a little Pentecostal girl. I knew nothing about anything about Jesus and I'm so grateful. So grateful that through her God touched my life at 20 years old. I didn't have to wait till 50 to and and go through all the heartache and pain of a failed life because I didn't I didn't know the Lord. As I said in the first service, understand this. Everyone, we're all this. We're all broken. That's why we're here today. We're, we're, not, we're not here today because we're fixed. We're here today because we're broken. And God is slowly but surely fixing us. And the fixing will come to completion when we get to heaven. Hallelujah. So up till that point, we come to church so that we can be strengthened and charged up on the inside from what God promised in his word. But especially young kids. Jesus said this in the book of John. The, uh, the uh, 15th chapter, verse 5. Here, here's the King James. Apart from me, ye can do nothing. Bang's translation is, the best thing we can do without a Christ-centered life is fail. Yeah, the right. you know, pastor, if I get religious like that, I won't be able to party. Isn't that amazing? <clears throat> one out of six Americans are alcoholics. Yeah. They didn't start out that way. Right. It's just one sip at a time. And when people think they're in control. You're not in control. You're out of control. Amen. But when Jesus runs your life, he's in control. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And he, he, he strengthens you. He helps you, uh, you know, to, to live a right life so that you don't have to be addicted to alcohol, drugs, or whatever else. Addicted to pornography. You can be free from all of it. Hallelujah. Because of what Jesus did on the cross. Amen. I said Amen. Amen. <clears throat> John 1, says, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And that's exactly what he did, including yours and mine. Well, listen to this. Golgotha, Calvary, Golgotha was the place where they erected the cross to hang Jesus on. Uh, Golgotha was the ultimate expression and display of God's love for all fallen humanity. Golgotha was God saying, I love you even to the degree that I'm willing to lay down my life for you. Golgotha was the value God placed on your life and mine. When Jesus rose from the dead, three things happened. Number one, he removed our transgressions as far as the east is from the west. Can you shout hallelujah? Hallelujah. He removed our transgressions. Number two, he released us from our iniquities or from the power of sin that imprisoned us within. And then he, the Bible says, number three, he remembers our sins no more. Amen. That that is a good place to shout hallelujah. Psalms 103, verse 9. He has not dealt with us. He, that's God, has not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. If that were the case, none of us would go to heaven. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great are his mercy and loving kindness toward those who reverently and worshipfully fear him. As far as these is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. The other day we were talking about Catholicism. And, and uh, both of this gentleman and us agreed that One thing Catholics have is they have a reverence for God and his house. Something that we should have even a greater reverence if we know God. They have altars where you kneel. They they do it out of tradition. Uh, But many of them do it out of their hearts. They have a reverence. They have a love and reverence for God. Can I have an amen to that? Amen. A lot of times we just have a hard time kneeling at all. But we should be the ones that are kneeling. Amen. Amen. We should be the ones that are reverencing our God because we serve the true and living God. <laughs> oh, I was so glad I got able to get up there. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> One guy said, Well I'm down there, could I look for anything else? Because it's going to take me a while to get back up. <laughs> Amen. So what the Old Testament goat did symbolically in carrying Israel's sins into the wilderness, Jesus fulfilled on the cross. Amen. Yes. I said amen. Second Corinthians 5, 21. For God, God, made Jesus to be sin for us who knew no sin. He never sinned. He never sinned. God made him sin. With what? With our sins. That we might be made the righteousness of God in him or in Christ. The the Living Bible says that God took the sinless Christ and poured into him our sins. Then in exchange, he poured God's goodness into us. Is that beautiful or what? That's called the great exchange. Romans 4, King David spoke of this. Describing the happiness of an undeserving sinner who is declared to be righteous or in right standing with God. Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sins are put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those whose sin is no longer counted against them by the Lord. I'm telling you right now, I just want you to know this. If you repent of your sin, see, just remember this. God doesn't forget anything. He doesn't have a bad memory. But he chooses never to hold anything against us when we repent. He doesn't have a pad, a legal pad, and he writes down every hiccup, every little thing you do wrong, and then he, he adds it all up and say, well, you won't be hearing me for four months. He doesn't do that. See, the beautiful thing about our Savior, now listen, this is important. He was a human just like us, 100% human. Meaning what? Hebrews 4, I think it's verse 13 he or 14, 15, 15, verse 15. He was tempted in all ways, like as we are, yet without sin. Yeah. So he understands all the temptations, all the challenges we have with this stupid body, with our minds. He understands all the challenges we have. But as you get into the Word of God, the Bible says that the Word of God will wash your mind clean so that you think on good things instead of evil things. Yeah. Yeah. And you're not tormented by the devil. Now listen to this as we're winding, winding down this, just a couple more scriptures here. These are important though. Galatians 3.13, Christ redeemed. That word redeemed. When we were young, we'd go to the gas station and get gas, they'd give you stamps. Gold, gold bond, gold bond green. and green stamps. I tell you. Then Vicki, we'd sit down and she said, honey, lick these stamps. <laughs> I mean, the taste in your mouth is just gross. Trying to lick these stamps. Kids don't even know what that means today because everything's now, yeah, lickless. <laughs> and then you could take those stamps and who'd want to touch up those stamps if everybody's licked on them? <laughs> and you could, you could turn them stamps in and redeem them for, uh, yeah, plates and cups and whatever else they would have, right? Is that cool? See, that's what Jesus did. He redeemed us. He paid the price, praise God. And for that price, you and I get eternal, everlasting life. Now listen, and forgiveness on a daily basis. Now give God a good clap offering. Forgiveness on a daily basis. So Christ redeemed us from the self-defeating, cursed life by absorbing it completely into himself. Now do you remember the scripture that says cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree? That is what happened when Jesus was nailed to the cross. Lesson, he became a curse and at the same time dissolved the curse. Well, what is the curse? Well, the curse in reference to this was the curse was um, uh, the curse was a, a, a spiritual separation from God. That was the curse, not being in in harmony with God. And that's why Jesus died on the cross to reunite us to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The curse is living this life? Listen, under the control of the God of this world, who's the devil? Now you know. Uh, I was thinking about all the hero hero movies today. We have Spider Man. We got Superman. We got who's the water dude? Um, how, how do you guys know all those? Anyway, you got all these heroes. Well, who do you think? And who do you who do you think they got that inspiration from? They got the inspiration from God. Amen. Because. Do you realize it or not, when we receive our glorified bodies, glorified bodies, we will be the supermen and women. We will be the Spider-Men. No, we won't have cobwebs flying out of her, but we will be the ones, praise God, ruling and reigning with Christ Jesus. Can I have an amen? It's true. It really is true. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. How loving and merciful is God. I wanted to share this story. Didn't have a chance to share it in the first, first service. Well, his love is witnessed in the story of two thieves. Here's the story. As Jesus was hanging on the cross, there were one thief on each side of him. One of the criminals hanging beside him scoffed. "Uh, So you're the Messiah, are you? Well, prove it by saving yourself and us too while you're at it. What an attitude. But the other criminal protested, don't you fear God? Even when you've been sentenced to die, See, without Jesus, all of us are sentenced to die. In fact, to get to heaven, we have to go through that door. But Jesus took the sting out of death and the grave. Amen. But there, there, in the other hand, great compassion. Don't you fear God even when you have been sentenced to die? We deserve to die for our, our crimes. But this man hasn't done anything wrong. Then Jesus, then he said to Jesus, remember me. Remember when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, I assure you today, you will be with me in paradise. Years ago, I got a call from a doctor in Rochester. And I didn't know who he was. I don't know how he he even found our church. And he said, "Um, my mother is, um, just got to the hospital uh, last night. And... uh, uh, she's not really, she's not ill. She just has uh a problem with water collecting in her legs and they're going to help her. And But she is not born again. And and uh, would you just go up and see her? I said, sure, I can do that. Yeah, I'll go up and see her. And so I, I went up. I don't normally do that. I mean, you're not know, taking care of, you know, the congregation. But I went up there and and uh, I, I knocked on the door and, and I, I said, may I come in? Mm-hmm. I said, uh, well, I, I'm Pastor Michael Bang. Uh, you're, you're, uh, I just want to come and say hi. Uh, can I come in? She goes, not really. No. <laughs> okay. Well, I said, your, 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 your son called, and he, he, he just loves you so much, and he just wanted me to come up and, and, and talk with you. And then she kind of, okay, come in. So we sat down and talked with her. And um, after we talked a little while, talked about her life and stuff, I said, I just have to ask you this question. Have you ever received Jesus Christ into your life as your personal Lord and Savior? And she bowed her head. She goes, no, I haven't. I said, would you like to? And she shook her head up and down. I said, okay, I'll pray for you. So we prayed a sinner's prayer. God just touched her supernaturally. And the very next night, she died. The very next night, she died. She had no idea that she was that close to eternity. Not that many months ago, a young man, who, uh, uh, he, he was a Christian. Uh, he came here a couple times, but really didn't go to church because he worked at the Harley-Davidson dealership. Nice kid, and uh, <clears throat> he was heading home uh, in the evening on his motorcycle. I went out of control and was killed. We don't have we don't have a slightest idea when our day ends. But what we want to do is be ready. We want to be ready. We want to be ready when Jesus comes. We want to be ready if he doesn't come and we die and step out of these bodies. If you agree, say amen. Amen. So the resurrection power of God is here today. And he wants to raise you up on the inside. He wants to breathe into your spirit the very life that he breathed into Adam. Because until that happens... No matter how much effort you put into being God-like, you can't be God-like without the God-likeness on the inside of you. If you're going to say amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning services at 8.30 and 10.30. We also have a midweek service on Wednesday nights from 7 to 8. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.